I'm Mary. And I'm Bridget. We are the co-founders of the Work Your Worth podcast, where we have transparent conversations about what it takes to uncover and utilize your value at the highest level. What's up, guys? Hello. Welcome back to the Work Your Worth podcast. Today, we're talking about my two favorite F words. And yes, mom, you can listen to this podcast. There will be no cursing. <laughs> My two favorite F words, failing forward. Um, so yeah, we've all failed at something, whether we want to admit it or not. And failure hurts and it feels demoralizing. Yeah. So what's the first thing that pops in your head when you hear the word failure, Bridge? To me, when I initially think of failure, I just feel itchy. (laughs) I just feel itchy and uncomfortable and a little sad. However, that's only my first initial thought. You know, once I give myself more time to think about it, of course, the itchiness wears off because I know that failure does lead you to where you want to go. I mean, we've heard it with every, pretty much every person's success story. There is a failure involved in that. Mm -hmm. So initially itchy and then once we think more into it, it gets a little better. It's like you break out in hives when you think about failing. <laughs> like, yes. The cold sweats come in and then you're like, wait, it's okay. It is okay. It is okay. That's sort of similar. Like whenever I think about failure, I just get this like gross feeling. Like gross, like shame, almost like I want to go hide under a rock. Like mm, yes. Like you you fail at something and you're like, I need to like avoid everybody. And then it's like, after you sit with it a while, uh, my personality is, okay, I need to analyze what happened, really understand it, and then let's make a plan to move forward. Because it's like so avoidant of that shame feeling, even Mm -hmm. though it's totally, like there's no reason to feel shame when you fail, Mm -hmm. um, because it's just a lesson to be learned. And like, I think it's just ingrained in us to like avoid something where we don't excel yeah and so like that's why we almost want to hide from it because it's uncomfortable we're definitely conditioned to think that way I mean think about just like all the songs where they say failure is not an option yeah you know I'm thinking of that Eminem song from eight mile (laughs) success is my only mother of an option (laughs) failure is not Mama love you, but this trailer. Okay, I'll yeah. stop. But, you know, there's just a bunch of songs like that where they talk about, you know, I only see my dreams, I don't believe in failure, or I could have quoted that incorrectly, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So we are told not to fail, that failure isn't an option. But failure, when you think about it, it's kind of the only option because you're not going to know how to succeed until, unless you failed and had mistakes to learn from. Yeah. Or you're a unicorn. Yeah, and nobody's a unicorn. Unfortunately like, not. Like, if they... Uh, man, I just could go... Like, this could be a whole other topic, but just how we all... It's the transparency of... Mm-hmm. We all fail. Yeah. And, like, people that don't look like they fail, they fail too. Yeah. Like... They're just really good at hiding yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Very polished. Like, I, so I admire polished. that a little. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're not here today to talk about how terrible failure is. We're all aware that it's not a fun (laughs) thing to experience. However, we're here to offer a change of perspective with the concept of failing forward. So we both have stories of times when we have failed forward. So Mm -hmm. Mary, what's, 
What's that look like for you? Tell us about a time where you failed forward. So there's several that come to my mind and like you could think about this in business, you could think about it in your personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, and really like there's honestly been times when I failed and I chose not to fail forward. I really let it affect me. Yeah. Um, and I think as I've grown and evolved, I've learned a little bit more. Um, and so for example, in our job, we have to hire people Mm -hmm. and the hiring process can be really difficult because you're always afraid of looking like a mean girl. Um, you feel like you have to follow a lot of rules. You really want to be, you know, the person you want, and yet it feels kind of difficult to find the right person. Yes. Especially when your teams are smaller. So right now we have a team of five. And so finding somebody that can mesh when you have to interact so closely, that's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the hiring process has been something where we've really failed. (laughs) We failed, but we've chose, we're choosing to fail forward, learn from it so that we can do better next time. Mm -hmm. Um, so where we really saw that, like just not sticking to the plan. So for example, we were, we hired out of, out of, we felt that really like the, we needed somebody. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like not desperation. Um, but we were hiring cause we like, we're pretty desperate. We really yeah. needed. So we, it was more like we didn't follow the plan exactly because of timeline. Was it kind of like you were just looking for a role to be filled rather Mm -hmm. than a specific person who had the ability to fill that role? Exactly. Like we started just like, well, we have to work together. We, we hired for personality a little bit more. Ooh, made that mistake. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like we just thought like if there was somebody that would like to hang out with us, Uh they'll be cool. We can train them on skills. Yeah. And like, that's really unfair to the person that we hire and oh that's so true it's really like that was such a learning lesson and it's not that you don't hire somebody like you can't base everything if you like them or not like first of all I don't think that's fair and like legal maybe like sorry we don't like you we can't hire you um but we didn't stick to the plan and so this last time we really did stick to the plan and found a great fit and so um, when we didn't follow our set model, we just, we felt like we didn't need to. Um, and then you realize there's just a lot of gaps when you don't follow that. It's not working out. Expectations aren't being met and it's because you didn't clearly state those. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I learned by not following the model is you're not setting yourself or the person that you hired up for success. That's so true. So the next time we follow the model, we're doing it according to plan and it's going to be planned out Mm -hmm. and you just learn like, we learned so many gaps, like onboarding process. If you don't have that like systematically mapped out, you don't know what the needs are. Mm -hmm. And so for us, like, for example, when you hire new agents, you don't know what they need. Mm -hmm. Like we had never hired a buyer's agent before. Yeah. And you didn't know, there's just simple things that some things come naturally for people and it doesn't come so naturally for others. And it's just like, I think (laughs) we had to have some hard conversations and honestly, like I, we felt bad for Mm -hmm. people and knowing that we kind of set them up for like, we, we let them fail 
Yeah. And it's that's hard, not, not fair. to place all the blame on yourself. Yeah. Especially in the position that you're in. Yes. It's funny going off of that. Um, so the first time that our, during our first hire, we felt we followed our process to a T executed it perfectly. Second time around, I was like, eh, I got this. And I kind of just, I winged it a little bit mm-hmm. and it was a big failure. Yeah. But, um, a story that I want to share and I wasn't, this kind of just came to me. Um, I wasn't going to share this cause it's something that I just kind of buried in the back of my mind. Um, I got fired from a job once and it was awful. Oh my God. So, I can only imagine. Oh, it's worse than any breakup that I've ever experienced. <laughs> I laid in bed and cried for two days. Oh. So in the first podcast, I said how when I first moved to Oklahoma, it was really, really hard to make connections. Well, it was just much more challenging to land a good job without having the connections already in place. Mm-hmm. So I, um, went through an employment agency and I got a really good job. Um, I was the HR assistant in a department at Hobby Lobby corporate and I absolutely loved it. The girl who was above me, her and I, we hit it off. I loved what I was doing. I loved the environment and what they were doing was they were giving me a 90 day trial period. And, um, after the 90 days I would be hired on full salary, full benefits, all of that. I was so excited because I just loved it. And then mm-hmm. I remember it was my mom's 50th birthday, February 3rd, 2015. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Burned in your brain. Um, I received a phone call that night from my contact at the employment agency saying, Hey, how has everything been going? I said, Oh, it's wonderful. I talked about my boss, how she was, she like, my boss would bring me presents. She just like would shower me with gifts, would bring me Starbucks. She just, I thought she adored me. We were girls. And I'm like, yeah, we really hit it off. I feel like I'm really thriving there. And then she's like, okay, so this is going to come to a shock as a shock to you, but you were asked not to return. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> Why? You're kidding. I'm going to call my boss right now. And I'm just going to see what's up. She's like, no, legally, you're not allowed to contact her. And I was like, what What did I do? She's my friend. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so that was, honestly, it was devastating. It was heartbreaking. heartbreaking. I was, oh, and it was um, the fifth would have been my 90th day. And I was let go on the third. So I looked back on everything that I may have done wrong. Um... There were some minor mistakes as far as just putting in time slots when in the beginning. However, no one was directly affected from that. They were all mistakes that I caught. It was just kind of learning. Mm -hmm. And I was just so upset at that time. And honestly, I mean, maybe I wasn't as good as a fit as I thought I was. I think I probably was just maybe overly optimistic Mm -hmm. and I just wasn't a right fit for that, my boss or I, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Still to this day, I'm not sure. However... It goes over to failing forward because when I was on day two of crying in bed, my friend Jess calls me and is talking to me and she's like, Bridget, I'm so excited for you. Why are you excited for me, Jess? <laughs> Tell me, like, what what good is going to come out of this? I'm going to have to buy my own health insurance now. I'm going to have to go back to the grind of looking for a job. And she said, 
this wouldn't have happened for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like an incredible opportunity is going to present itself. You just have no idea what it is right now. And that's okay. However, you are going to overcome this. You know, it's the whole good pep talk thing. But she was so enthusiastic. What a good friend. She is great. I wasn't necessarily having it in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) But then two days later is when Curtis and I had the conversation to join forces and me join his team. So really two days after sulking in bed, feeling like the biggest failure in the world, we created an opportunity and I wouldn't have ever known that I was supposed to create an opportunity if that hadn't happened. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. I guess that's the story. That's That's my story of failing forward. I never knew that story and it fits. So it's like, you could have just stayed in bed. Oh, I would You know, like you totally could have just stayed in bed. You didn't like, what a lesson of your resilience and just grit to say, okay, even I don't, I don't feel like it. I'm going to get up and we're going to make, we're going to do something. Um, and you learned so much through that too. Yeah. Like number one, you learned, I bet you learned a lot about a hiring process and like Mm -hmm. how to be an employee, how to be like to work in a corporate world. Like, Oh yeah. There were a ton of things I learned that I put in place in our business now. And I just can't imagine if I would have been hired on there where I would be right now and where Curtis would be and where our business would be because it probably wouldn't be ours. Yeah. It would have just been his. We would have lived completely separate lives and we wouldn't, I wouldn't know you. Oh my God. That's honestly the most heartbreaking part of it all. Thank you, Hobby Lobby. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for my friend (laughs) releasing her into the wild. So we've shared our stories about how we failed forward and in order to be as proactive as possible, we want to provide you with steps that you can take in the future to help you fail forward. I mean, since failing is inevitable, we need we want to put the processes and the steps in place for you so it can be the most productive failure of your life. Yes. <laughs> so to start, you know, after something happens, after you feel like you failed be honest with yourself. Admit where you dropped the ball. It's kind of just like you need to complete a self-audit of yourself. Just to review everything that has happened, everything that led to that moment that you're currently in. And you know what? If you didn't drop the ball, and if you don't, if you feel like your failure was beyond your control, because honestly, it very mm-hmm. well could be. Take responsibility of it regardless, just for the sake of your future success. Because for me, for a while, with my story that I shared, I played the blame game so hard. And that wasn't productive for me. I had to take responsibility. I had to acknowledge the fact that I wasn't a fit for that company and that they weren't a fit for me. And acknowledging that is what allowed me to, I guess, kind of just like set on the path for a future success. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. So after you're honest with yourself... Assess your situation. That's step two. Make a list of the pros and cons about your circumstance. Um, what what were the good things? What were the things you learned? Um, really just like assess it from a completely unbiased perspective. Mm-hmm. If you were an outsider looking in, 
make a list. What were the pros? What were the cons? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And number three, after you make your list, look at those pros and put them into action. So make a list of all of the pros that come from your failure. Um, there has to be quite a few, at least, you know, not every situation is infinitely bad. Um, take those pros and make an action plan. How can you utilize the positive outcome of your failure? Make that list and just take charge. I love that. (laughs) And then step number four, write down each mistake you made. What did you learn from those mistakes? And then how are you going to handle that situation in the future? Basically, you're going to systemize your mistake. Um, One of my friends, we call this our failure journal. So every time something goes kind of wrong, take that, um, write it down, and then have a running list of things you could do better next time. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, this isn't your list of like shame or I did bad, (laughs) but it's the mistakes so that you learn. Like, let's turn it into a learning opportunity. Yes, Every, I feel like systems are made off of mistakes. Yes. You know, I mean, pretty much every system that we have in place right now has been made through mm-hmm. trial and error. Mm-hmm. Heavy on the error. You don't realize what the gaps are until something happens. Mm-hmm. So like you, there's not a need for a system until you need a system. Yeah. So yes. That's so true. Number five kind of already goes back to what Mary said number four, but journal what you learned. So in addition to Mary talked about, um, journaling your mistakes, journal what you learned, make a numbered list of everything that you learned from that experience because it couldn't have all been bad. Mm -hmm. And if it was maybe on the poor side of things, you still learned something. Yeah. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the position that you're in or the circumstance that you were in or the task that you were trying to complete, whatever it is you're going to learn and make sure you journal that. So you can just leave that experience with a more positive outlook on it. Yes. And number six, my favorite one, you evolve. Like that's the last step. Um, you follow this and with every failure, you know that you're going to come out different on the other side. Mm-hmm. So you evolve. Um, so just follow those. It's six really simple steps. So just be honest with yourself, assess your situation, take your pros, put them in into action, write down your mistakes, journal, and evolve. Yes, I love that. And it's important to know, to understand that I mean, the most successful people in the world have all failed. And it's important to know that those people that you admire, it's important to acknowledge the steps and the failures that they had to go through in order to get to that. I mean, look at Whitney Woof. Whitney Woof is was a co-founder of Tinder at age 22. So crazy. I did not realize she was so young. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's a cool story. Um, however, she did have an extremely messy exit when she left Tinder. And you know, when you're that, when you're in your young 20s and you're having a messy exit from a company you co-founded, you probably think that your life is over. What did she do? She took what she learned and she created Bumble. Which is an even better version of Tinder. I mean, I've never used the dating apps. However, what I like about Bumble from my research is that there's Bumble for friendships. There's mm-hmm. Bumble for relationships. There's Bumble, Bumble for business. Yeah, that was what I was... I just heard a really cool like advertisement when I was listening to another podcast yeah. about Bumble for business. Like, how like revolutionary is Seriously. that? Like, 
she went beyond taking just like a dating app uh-huh. and has made it something that really like speaks to like our millennials and the way that we like to communicate. Yeah. The Bumble for Business Instagram is pretty good. It is. <laughs> Whitney, we see you, girl. So, Whitney. <laughs> Kendra Scott's also another one. Yes. Um, I love her story. Yes. So, she, Kendra Scott, if you're not familiar, she has a jewelry line that's huge. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you would recognize her jewelry yeah. if you saw it. She just has just different stones, and they're all just beautiful and pretty well-priced, too. Mm-hmm. However, she started making jewelry after she had a failed hat business. So... She had her hat business. It didn't go well. What did she do? She fell forward into the jewelry biz. So, Kendra, we see you too. We see you, girl. <laughs> so, just keep in mind, your failure, it's a part of your story. Um, do you want to tell people you failed, crumbled, and you just continue to make those same mistakes? No. Or do you want to tell people that you failed forward, you learned, you made an action plan, and you're just choosing to thrive through your circumstance? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Envision yourself speaking on a panel, on stage, doing a TED Talk, whatever it is, or even just, you know, going home at a family Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Someone from the audience raises their hand or a family member asks you to share a story about a time that you failed. How do you want that story to go? You need to make your experience worth telling because you are in complete control of your narrative. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Work Your Worth podcast. Hey, just like go over to the iTunes store, like, subscribe, and rate us. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye.